Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Beautiful. Well, I guess there really is not a downtown Sunny Slope. No, we're on the eastern fringes of Sunny Slope, off of Squaw Peak and uh, Dreamy Draw. Anyway, beautiful morning out there, folks. Welcome to the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. We have the lovely Shira here on phones and music, and she's available to call. She's got four lines open. The number to call six zero two. 277-5827. 277-KTAR. We could talk about the landscape of your dreams, your nightmares. If you got something fun you're doing different at home, we'd love to hear from you. Lots of different styles, plenty of things to grow, lots of different ways to grow them. You know, we could talk about conserving water and using water. And I, I love that, using water wisely. I don't know who came up with that slogan to begin with, but uh, I think it really describes very well what we need to do. We do have a lot of water here. When it's used correctly, we'll have a lot of water here for a long time. Anyway, uh, whatever your dreams, passions, it's uh, fall. It's, you know, October 2nd. That's the kickoff of our desert spring. That's our fall planting season. So we can talk about what to grow, where to grow it, how to grow it, how to plant it, why to plant it, what you might not want to plant, how to save a little water, how to manage, and, uh, you know, different ways to prune. And uh, whatever your dreams are, 602-277-5827. Three lines still open. Shira here on the phones and the music. Take our first call this morning. Bob in Phoenix. Good morning. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Brian. How are you? Speaking of well, good. Speaking of things that are coming up, it's overseed time, and I wanted to talk to you about overseeding. Okay. Uh, when should you stop watering? Well, when should you stop watering your new lawn? You mean that's overseeded, or your your no, the, no, the uh, the old lawn getting well, ready for overseed? You can you know you can plant ryegrass anytime from August uh, to November. It'll come up just fine. Uh, when it's warmer, it comes up faster, and it's probably a good idea to shut your water off for about a week and scalp before you plant. That'll just clean it all up, and then come and plant your seed. And then you need to get uh, coverage on it for the birds, a little water back on, and away you go. So I would leave it dry for about a week before you plant. And um, you, okay. know, you can plant it pretty much any time. Do they need to be verticut or anything like that? Well, verticutting and things really aren't as important for the... Um, you know, planting the ryegrass. So when you want to do that is you really want to, when you plant the rye this time of year, you want to get it in and happy, you know, take good care of it. But the most important thing for ryegrass, for the healthy grass, is when you kill it. And, uh, you know, okay. it does not know how to die with dignity to linger into the summer and go all the way into June. So the ideal thing for your Bermuda grass would be to take out the rye grass. And you would do that, you know, pretty much mid-October. When we get weather back like we're having about now, you know, weather hits like the high 80s and 90s. Then we want to dry out our rye grass for a couple of weeks and scalp it. And that would be the time to verticut, aerate, and fertilize. Okay. Um. So uh, after so you, you after after you turn off the water about a week, should you wait until it gets a little cooler at night before you 
No, actually, the, warm, the warmer it is when you're going to plant ryegrass, the faster it'll germinate, the quicker it'll come up. So if you want to plant oh. it, you know, right now is fine. And you could, it'll come up faster now than it will in a month from now. But, you know, anytime the weather's going to be in the 80s, it's going to germinate pretty fast. And it's the nighttime I'm temperatures sure. are now down in the 70s, which is fantastic. It's a big break over the 80s and 90s at night. So anytime you want to plant bob is fine. The longer you wait, and the healthier so, uh, for your Bermuda grass. About a, uh, stopping water for about a week should should kill it enough to be able to oversee. Well, no, it's not going to kill it at all. You know, your Bermuda grass this time of year, I mean, you don't have to plant ryegrass. And Bermuda grass, if you water it once a week, you know, now through the winter, it'll stay green till December unless we have a freeze. And we usually, you know, we haven't had a freeze in a long time. I, we have had freezes in November before, but not in recent years. And, you know, you can leave your Bermuda grass if you want to, paint it green in December, and kick the water back on in February. It'll be fine. You don't have to plant a winter lawn. Okay. I mean, that's just another option. I know the city of Scottsdale is really, you know, urging people to do that to conserve water. And it's fine. If you are going to do that, what I would do is put down a pre-emergent right now so that you wouldn't have winter weeds. But um, you won't have that lush lawn. It just depends what you're accustomed to. But uh, it, Bermuda grass doesn't die. And it really, it doesn't go dormant until the nighttime temperatures are going to be in the 40s. So that's a long time. Uh, once you put in the ryegrass, how often should you water it for? And for well, for long? germination, you want to keep it really wet. So, you know, typically for germination, you'll water it four or five times a day on short burst just to keep the soil moisture, at, you know, up there so it can get germinated. After it's germinated and coming up, then you can get your watering cycle, depending on your soil, to be somewhere between once and twice a week. Okay. And uh, what, what, how, how high should it get before you mow it, or does it make that make any difference? Well, with ryegrass, um, most of what we have now is perennial ryegrass, so it's usually mowed at about an inch, inch and a half. And, uh, you okay. know, th- there's different ones. If you use POA, that would be shorter. But um, in the old common ryegrass would be, you know, much taller than that. But at any rate, that, that's, the, that's the norm for mowing it. And uh, it's hardy enough and easy enough to grow. Um, the main thing is just, you know, maybe putting a top or something on to keep the birds off or just put in extra seed. But you'll have no problem germinating it now. You'll have no problem germinating a month from now. The longer you wait, the healthier for your Bermuda grass and the slower the rye comes up. Then what about fertilizing? You know, should it, I've heard controversy whether you should fertilize it when you when you when you actually put it on or wait a week or well, if you use some of the topper, some of that already has some fertilizer incorporated in it. Uh, what you the first fertilization you might we only use something like um, ammonium phosphate, something with a little more phosphorus the first go around, and then after that through the winter months, just a standard twenty one seven fourteen lawn fertilizer that's high in nitrogen, usually made from a combination of urea and ammonium nitrate, will work the fastest. Bob, thanks for the call and have a nice weekend. Uh, Jill in Phoenix, good morning, Jill. Hey, morning. Um, I have a raised garden bed that I uh, just have some wildflowers growing to support butterflies. And uh, yesterday I was out there and kind of tilling up the soil a little bit. And it looks like I have some termites in my raised garden bed. So <laughs> is, your, you have some, is your raised like, garden bed, is it made from wood? No, it's not. It's concrete, and it's about um, three three or four feet high, and I've had it for about 20 years. I've never had a problem, but, mm-hmm. you know, when I was tilling it up, and you start seeing the ground move a little bit, okay. I was like, what is going on? So I was wondering if there's something like a bug or something organic I can toss in there not to... 
kill everything I got. Well, you know, the termites really aren't going to hurt anything. Why the why the termites are there, Jill, is because they're feeding. Well, I'm it. assuming it's because of the mulch, right? Yeah, they're feeding on the mulch yeah. and they're breaking it down. Yeah. So they're just part of the process. So, you know, okay. it sounds like for your purpose, for your growing it, you know, just for fun, I would just leave the termites alone. Okay. And if you're, right. if you're I was more was a little concerned more about com- them getting out of there and going towards my home. Well, but- Jill, there's termites all over the valley. You know, they're native okay. here and they're all over the desert. And, um, okay. you know, if your home's treated properly, they don't get in through the barrier underneath your home. You know? Yeah, I've never, I've never seen them or had a problem with them, but this is the first time in 20 plus years I've <laughs> ever seen them on my property. So, Well, you probably kinda- had a little fresher, coarser compost, but, I, you know, I wouldn't worry about it. Okay. All right. Well, good to hear. Thank you so much. Thanks, Bye-bye. Take care. Uh, let's see. Next, we've got Jim in Scottsdale. Good morning, Jim. Hey, good morning. Thanks for taking the call. Got a quick question on a CISO mm-hmm. tree. Uh, my HOA uh, removed a CISO tree in an open area. Didn't properly remove it. It was probably a 40-foot tall. And now I've got CISO shoots coming up anywhere and everywhere. Um, just wondering what I can do to eradicate and completely remove everything associated with that. That's yeah, unfortunately, Jim, they should have treated the trunk of the tree when they cut it. And had they done that, it goes yeah. back systemically into the tree system, but that has to happen right away. So now we're dealing with the aftermath. And these are all little separate things growing off the you know the old root system. Uh, yeah. you, can, you can spot spray them with like glyphosate, which is Roundup, or you know other things are like Roundup. And you have to have okay. some foliage actively growing. This is a great time of year to do so, because this this is the time of year when plants are really storing up the energy for winter, and so they will tend to take it and absorb the chemicals better. So you could do that with glyphosate this time of year. You'd want to have enough plant to spray, so something three or four foot tall with a decent amount of foliage, and I, I almost guarantee you it won't kill them all the first time. You'll have to stay with the process for a while. Uh, when it cools off, you can use a product with like 2,4-D, like a brush or shrub killer or something like that, and what you can do is um, you can take the stems as they come up bigger and cut them off yeah. and, and then spray them right away so when they're, when they're freshly cut and they'll absorb the chemical that way and down through there. Those chemicals you have to be very careful of because they can volatilize with warmer weather. So if you have to follow the label and make sure that uh, you know, you're know you applying them for the most part when it's below 85 degrees. Perfect. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jim. Bye-bye. Good luck. Uh, we're going to take a short break while we're gone. We've got three lines available. The number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. It's Sharon Bryan here every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show on 92.3 FM, KTAR. Love your peace Where there's despair 
have a couple lines still available. Number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. David Levine, good morning. Hey, Brian. How are you doing today? Great, sir. I haven't talked to you in a while. Um, got a problem with our plum tree. Uh, this is a fruiting plum. I don't remember what variety, but it's full of bores. Half the tree is brown and dying. Um, I tried putting, um, gosh, I, I guess I don't remember what it was. A, a few weeks back, I tried putting some stuff on it. didn't seem to do any good at all. Is there anything I can do for that? Or uh, I think I, a chainsaw is probably in order, Dave. You know, when, <laughs> when they get so riddled in that kind of shape, it's pretty hard to get them to come back. There's a product called Lindane. You may find it uh, like Ray's Feed Store if you're down in that part of the world. And uh, they may carry that, and they use it for horses and different things. And Lindane actually is pretty good for treating boars in the trunks of, like, fruit trees. But when they're that eaten up, um, eh, sometimes they don't come back out. Uh, okay. You know, the other thing um, that we would put on it would be, um, you know, like a bear systemic that would go through the plant system and makes it toxic to the boars. But uh, the boars can do so much damage. What you might want to do is just break out the old pocket knife and start digging around and see how much of the woods, you know, been eaten by the boars and how many boars yeah. are still in there. And, um, you know, you could cut it back to that point and let it come back out. But if the tree's got any age to it over seven or eight years, I'd probably give up. Yeah, it's it's nine years old or so. We put it in when we first got in here. Um, there's about half of it is, is good and green and about half of it is just brown and everything's dying. And it's funny because I'm seeing some new shoots coming up near the base, uh-huh. not right at the base, but, um, you know, those look almost like healthy spring sort of stuff, but the, the oozing sap all over it is just, it's, it's in pretty bad shape. But that's, board, uh, that's pretty down low in the, in the trunk with the bottom foot or so where it's oozing the sap out. Yeah. Yeah, oh, oh, no, no. The, the sap is all coming from most of the limbs. There's some come, coming from down low, but most of it, is, it's a it's a multi-trunk. It's got like six different trunks. Well, if you wanted and, to, Dave, you, you could prune it back, and you could just take basically all that infested wood off, okay, everything that's been eaten up, just cut it back below yeah. that point if it's possible, seal the trunk up with some black tree heel, and see if it just pops back out. Okay, but should I still go ahead and treat it with something like bear? What was it? You said Lindane? I've, I've Lindane, not heard of that. yeah. Well, it's not very common anymore, but feed stores do have it sometimes. And and, and those people are raised feed uh, over on Baseline. They'll know if they have it or not, or if it's available. Okay, I'll check with them. Um, I had another question for you. We've got dichondra growing under where we've got some pine trees. We had never been able to get anything. We tried all sorts of different grasses, but mm-hmm. because of the shade of the pines, nothing would grow. We finally figured out we could get dichondra to grow in there. But there's, um, it was doing fine, but kind of got parts of it got burned. You know, we're on flood irrigation, mm-hmm. and, and we just didn't water enough between. So we got some patches that are that are bare now. Can I plant dichondra seed this time of year, or have I missed my chance? Well, you already have plenty of seed out there in the lawn. Dave from the other dichondra that's there. And it's really too late to plant it right now. Uh, you could plant it and it may germinate, but you probably have plenty of seed there. And you might find that it starts to spread back in, you know, over the next few weeks uh, as the weather cools and, and because it's probably amply moist this time of year. Okay. Okay. Right. Last question. Last yeah. question. Could we bought a we got a fig from uh, Hugo mm-hmm. about two weeks ago and got it planted a uh, black mission uh, with the flood irrigation and we're going to get irrigation coming up this Tuesday or Wednesday. We should get irrigation. Um, and then it goes to once a month. How often should we water that thing through the winter? Probably once you know, a week. Now until you know, once a week from now through the middle of November. 
and and then okay. it'll it'll get cool enough. It shouldn't need much. If it stays warm like it did last November, you might want to walk. You know, until the temperatures kind of drop. Last year in November, we had a lot of eighty-five degree days, and uh, yeah. if it's that warm, it's still going to be actively growing and using water. So, you know, being new, I'd water it once a week until it just you know gets cold enough where it goes dormant. Okay, sounds good. Thanks, Thanks a Dave. lot, Brian. Bye bye. Have a good. Uh, Michaela and Michaela and Peoria. Good morning. Hi, Michaela. Yes, thank you for. Yeah, <laughs> good morning. Morning. Um, we have a dragon fruit. It's mm-hmm. a couple years old, and it's kind of growing out of control. And I know we should have probably had a support structure or trellis. Um, what would you recommend we do now? It's kind of just tied back to keep from javelinas and rabbits. Right <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not the only one that likes the dragon. Javelinas will devour it. But no, if you could just, you're going to have to put it up on a stake. When you go look at them where they're grown commercially, especially down in uh, Florida, you know, they're grown almost like a grape on a tea post that comes up. So you need some kind okay. of fairly strong stake to come up and support them. Okay, perfect. I went out this morning and oh, four huge, gorgeous blooms. It's our first time to really have good, long, double my hand bloom. So it was oh, <laughs> gorgeous this morning. All right. And then um, for cutlings, um, I'm wanting to cut a couple off. Do I uh-huh. let them dry out? couple days or callus yeah just just take them off and let them callus uh just like you would any other kind of a cactus plant let them callus for about a week and then plant them okay Okay. perfect so um for future cutlings just get that steak in first well, right. it's yeah. easier, probably. I mean, you know, you're starting with a small okay. cutting, and you know, one's a foot taller, so it's not such a big deal. But by the time it gets rooted and starts to grow, it's going to need support. Perfect. You know, if not, then uh, it's going to grow to a full ground cover bush, which, you know, pretty hard to harvest fruit off of a bush that's, you know, down in the ground. With right. Branches, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. Thanks, Michaela. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got uh, Carla and Sun Lakes. But after Carla, we've got wide open phones. And we have Shira back here smiling. Give her a call. 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. Good morning, Carla. Hi, it's such a pleasure. You are amazing. And it's my lucky day I get to ask you about my orange tree. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, my orange tree is really not doing well at all. It, I don't even know where to begin. Uh, I don't well, how, know how, how old, old it is. How, okay, but how big is yeah. it then? If you don't know how old, how large? Yeah, I don't know how old. I just moved here, mm-hmm. and it was doing much better before uh, I was here. I mean, when I got here. And so, of course, I'm to blame, so I feel horrible. But uh, it is pretty big. It's well over my roof of my house, but I have a tiny house, right? So, okay, but, it, uh, but it's a fairly mature tree, and yes, um, it is. and the bar, so let's start at the base. Uh, the the base of it, the trunk has a split in it, and it's a very old split. Uh-huh. You can see it's kind of a little hollow, and uh, the bark was semi missing, and now it's worse. Okay. And I was going to paint it white, but wasn't sure if I should glue it first. No, Carla. Here, here's the thing with citrus trees. Okay, so they grow up like a bush, and when they, yeah. when the branches get pruned off the ground, they can't protect themselves, and so then right. the sun comes under and cooks the trunk. Okay, and burns yeah. the wood and actually kills the wood. So that's why you see them painted white. So that's not a bad mm-hmm. you know thing to do is go ahead and paint it white. The wood you see that's okay. already flaking off the bark, that wood's all dead already. But the wood on the other side of the tree is probably alive. Yeah. So what Should you I peel the dead? Sorry. No, you can just leave it alone. 
Just paint it white too, okay? okay. And because even that loose okay. bark gives it some protection, okay? And then let okay. the branches grow down lower, so the branches yeah. grow out, so they can protect the tree. If you haven't fed right. it, this is the perfect time to feed it. So if you've okay. never fed it, so right now you can feed it just like a regular citrus food, like a sixteen eight four would be very good, and. Six- Eight, four. 16.84, uh-huh. Well, if you went to our uh-huh. nursery, we would sell you Organo Pro citrus food, but there's other citrus food that'll work fine. Okay. And so... Where's your, where's your nursery? We're at a, uh, you're in Sun Lakes. Our closest ones to there would be the one in Gilbert at Stapley, Guadalupe, or South Phoenix at 26th okay. Street. And the South. name of that one is? We're Whitfields. We, we sponsor the show. Yep. Whitfield right, right. Nursery. What's okay. the name of it? I'm sorry. Whitfield. W-H-I-T-F-I-L-L. Whitfield Nursery. Oh, awesome. We've been around the valley since the 40s. But anyway, so what you want to do, you want to fertilize it right now. You want to protect the trunk as best you can. And uh, you could even wrap it with some burlap or something like that, even a towel. You could wrap it with a towel to protect the trunk and just tie it on there. Oh, anything anything that protects it's going to protect the trunk. Paint's better than nothing. Uh, A wrap's better. But the best thing for the tree's health is to get the foliage to come back out and fill in. Watering on a big citrus tree like that in Sun Lakes this time of year should be watered about once every week to two weeks, depending on you know, your soil. Most of that soil in there right now in an established tree, because it's got a problem, I'd water it once a week for this month, and then I would go to once every two weeks starting in November, you know, through the winter time. So when you water, oh, when you water, you want to water deep. Okay, so if you have an irrigation system, you run it for a long time, or you can just take a hose and lay it out by the tree and run it for several hours. So the water goes about eighteen inches to two feet deep and spreads about as wide as the drip system where the branches are on the tree. And if you'll do those things, you should start getting brand new growth right away. This is a perfect growing oh. season. It's a great time to be proactive, and the tree will start to fill in. It'll grow fairly well for the next six weeks, and it'll grow again in the spring. And, you know, you give a little time, and it'll be happy. Citrus can great. live over so, 100 years. Oh, that's good to know. Somebody was telling me, oh, they don't last long. Well, <laughs> and I said, I'm not giving up yet. Well, most, most, <laughs> like, most of the older citrus here, that tree's age, you're probably on a sour orange rootstock, and oranges can easily live 100 yeah, there there is uh, some oranges, although they're they look like limes. <laughs> well, but, they'll get yeah. bigger and happier if you keep the fertilizing yeah. up. And so after you fertilize okay. it this time, you'd want to start fertilizing it again in February, and you can feed it once a month. Oh, okay. So for how long should I? When should I stop if I start fertilizing? Well, it you now? should fertilize it once right now, but then you don't need to fertilize uh-huh. it again until about Valentine's Day. Oh, then that's okay. Then you're all so, set. No, and so. Yeah, yeah. So there's a the other problem is like the split from the the trunk. Don't worry about it's the running split. up. It's running. It's up. running up one branch and then the branch is dead and well, then all, there's like patches of dead. So should I cut those off? You can cut like those off, stuff. but the main thing right now is to fertilize it and water it and get it growing, and then you can see what's actually dead, what's going to come back. Carly, we've got to go because Troy snuck in and he's here ready with the news. We'll be right back with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show after the news here on the you know, 92.3 FM KTR. In the meantime, you can give Shira a call at 602-277-5827, and now we'll turn it over to Troy.
folks, to this beautiful morning out here in Sunny Slope. Got the little hills shining up here with the sun on them and a glorious day. And a 10 degrees difference in morning temperature sure feels a lot better. And having the days a little shorter makes the plants very happy. So this is the growing season. If you're going to prune uh, back, you know, things that are going to flower for the season like bougainvilleas, you want to do it right away. Um, and you got to cut your rose bushes back and get some blooms, you know, to have for Thanksgiving. Now's the time. So it's a good time to prune. If we prune much later, you know, if we prune in November, then we do away with the winter holiday bloom, blooming cycle. So now is the time to get out and do some pruning. Uh, Carolyn in uh, Queen Creek, good morning. It's Kim. Kim. Hello, Kim. Hi. Hi. So do you have, do you have a pen and paper? I do. <laughs> I have a list. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so I went, there was a nursery out here that was moving, and they had, like, a blowout sale that I couldn't pass up. And I'm sitting here with my own little nursery, and I'm kind of like, okay, what do I have to do with all of it? But I I just need a little guidance with, like, sun, Um, because I got rose trees. And I know they can't take direct heat, so I was thinking about planting them, like, under my under my mesquite canopy. Well, Kim, Kim, roses uh, are grown here in the full sun. We grow hundreds of acres okay. I'm out here in the west side of the valley. So roses... So I could, I, put them, I could put them in the front yard across the front fence well, line. If you put them across the fence line, if you have, like, lawn behind them, they'll do very well. If you put them out in the fence line with rock, it's going to be kind of tough on them. Um, I just have dirt. Well, what are you going to plant in your dirt beside your roses? Well, eventually I want to put grass out there, but, you know, it's in the middle of the desert. It's kind of hard to do. Okay. So, you know, (laughs) what you might want to do then is bring them up closer to the house, whether on the east side of the house or the south side of the house. And I think it would probably better for you. I face south. Okay. So put them up against the front of the house. Okay. And then, so when I dig the hole, is it the same thing where you have to dig it like a, like much bigger than the 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 base of the plant. Well, ideally, they say you know you put a ten dollar tree in a hundred dollar hole. So you dig a hole okay. ten feet by ten feet, ten feet deep, ten foot wide, and just fill it back in for exercise. And that'll keep you in really good shape and strong. And then after, <laughs> you don't want to do that. Okay. Well, if you don't want okay, to do that, okay, here's what we want to do. We want to dig a, a container hole about twice as wide as the container and maybe just a few inches deeper and then add about okay. 30% compost and make sure you plant back at the same level. Now I hear it sounds like you have a little goat there behind you. Yeah, I, I raise, I raise Nubian goats. Okay. So you're aware of what they'll do to all these plants. Well, they, they're in the back, <laughs> behind a block wall. They, they don't oh, eat yes, grass, I know. But they love plants. Oh, they eat everything you don't want them to. Okay. And then um, I've got these little bush things. They're asparagus spurringeri. Yeah, springeritis, regular asparagus ferns. Those grow anywhere. Okay. Are those like a ground cover or a bush? Well, they're going to grow up to two or three feet tall, but they'll spread okay. up to six feet wide, and you just plant them in the ground and let them go. And those are full sun? Those are full sun. Okay, and then orange jubilees? Orange jubilees like sun. Light sun or they, light they sun? They like sun. They enjoy being in the sunshine. Okay, and then Texas sage? They love being in the sunshine. Okay, and then they're the... I don't know what these are. Let me see if they say it. They, I see them in the landscaping on the roads and stuff. They're, they've got a long, long green leaf. They're a little bush with a 
little um, purple trumpety flower. Well, if you see them in the landscape along the road where it's really hot, chances are they'll take the sun. <laughs> okay, and then what? And bougainvillea, I know they're they love sun, luscious. And what about um, elephant? Elephant food? Elephant? elephant. Food, it'll grow anywhere. It'll grow in the sun or the shade. And they get really big. Yeah, well, there's different varieties. Some grow up to four feet. Other ones grow about two feet and kind of spread out more. Okay, and then I have two climbing roses. Climbing roses, for the most part, are going to want to be on the south or east side, not on the west side. But it sounds okay. like we're the west side's where the where the goats live. So, well, they're on the north side. Okay, all right. <laughs> I know they're on, they're in the background saying, "Mom, I'm hungry." Yeah, I won't okay. eat anything. Just give it, let us get at those plants. We want them. We want yeah, them exactly. And then what? So with planting all of these, um, just can I? Is there a store bought mulch per yeah. se? You could use and, goat and poop. It, well, I have plenty of that. Yeah. yeah. Actually, goat's not that hot. You could use uh, when you dig the holes. Do you have any of it? Are you composting any of it, Kim? Uh, kind of. Okay. Well, if you I compost it, you have to put it in a pile and add water and turn it. But goat manure well, no, is actually but- pretty good. It's not so hot. And um, But, no, if you want to go just, you know, buy just regular good compost or good mulch at the nursery, come out and see us. And uh, if you got more questions, why they'll, they'll help you as well. Okay. And then... Potting soil versus mulch, what's the difference? Well, there's a lot of different kinds of mulch and a lot of different potting soils and lots of different blends. So some are made with other amendments so that you just use that straight. Other ones are used as an amendment to mix in the soil. Really, all you need to plant what you're planting is is just mulch. Thanks for the call. Have a nice weekend. Bye-bye. Tom in Sun City. Good morning, Tom. Hi, Brian. How are you doing? Great. How are you? All right. I had an old sisu tree, which was all broken up during the monsoon, so I had it cut down. Uh-huh. And in the hole, they put a they, they cut the tree down, ground up the stump, and inside that hole, I had them plant a schumered oak. Okay. And it was doing fine, and I was watering it twice a week, but I was cutting back on the water because it's October. And uh, in the last day or so... Suddenly, um, close to three-quarters of the leaves on the tree fell off green. So should I be watering it more? or Because it's a brand-new tree. It's only been in the ground since the middle of September. What what size tree was it, Tom? It was a big one. It's probably about 15 to 20 feet tall. Okay, so you would probably, you know, number one, I would I would be a little concerned that it dropped the leaves like that all at one time. And you you changed your watering to how often now? Uh, I'm going to be doing it twice a week, and I run the hose out there and give it a flood. You're, uh, you're filling the well twice a week, yeah, and you're right in Sun City? Yes. Okay, so yeah, pretty heavy soil, so that should be plenty of water. Um so I don't think that would be your problem. No, but nothing, nothing, no extra fertilizer has been put on it. No other weeds have been sprayed around it. Uh, there were some, there was a couple of shoots of the old sisu, which are growing up and uh, will be my friends for a while, uh-huh. that I gave some glyphosate to. Okay. Well, that should be fine. But that that's about 10 feet away, so yeah. it didn't... It didn't come in contact with any of the foliage on the tree. Well, and the one that can be bad that way is the uh, 
in the 2,4-D products? Glyphosate. No, I didn't use Yeah, this is yeah. glyphosate. Okay, so that should be fine. I don't really have a great reason why it would have dropped. Um, you know, and the oaks are usually pretty hard to overwater. You know, that's probably more water than you need in Sun City for it. But it's better to okay. air on an oak with the side of, you know, too much rather than too little. Um, okay. So Because you know, I, I don't know what's going on under the ground. I mean, for all I know, the old sissy roots might be gobbling up half the water. That no, the sissy roots aren't. You know, if they, if they have no, you know, no foliage on top, they're not taking any water out of the ground. Okay. You know they're they're not gonna they're not gonna affect your watering at all. And in, and for the most part, like I say, Tom, your your soil in Sun City is pretty heavy clay. Right. Yeah. They when they put uh, another tree in that I have, they had to use a jackhammer to get down the to dig down. Hey, at, le- at least we have jackhammers now, Tom. Whenever I used to plant trees in Sun Cities, we had a steel bar. <laughs> uh, I didn't. I didn't feel so bad when I was trying to dig a small hole to put a uh, bird of paradise in them. Gee, this is so tough to dig through. Tom, just before I went out and tried to play college football, I was out in Sun City planting a tree that took me an hour and a half to dig a hole for a 15-gallon. So I, I understand wow. what the caliche can be like in Sun City. And I just didn't have the technique as well as some people either. But uh, I, I, I wasn't uh, backing off and doing it for lack of interest. I was trying to get it done. And it, it took me an hour and a half to plant a 15-gallon. So it was a long time. Um, so, you know, be careful not to overwater it. I mean, if, you know, it shouldn't just stay saturated. So at the, when, you, when you go to water it again, just dig down. If the, if the ground's still wet and if the root ball's still wet on the tree, it probably doesn't need any more water. And, uh, okay. and especially in light of the fact that it's dropping leaves, so it's not using as much water as it has been. Okay. All right. So is it basically kind of transplant shock then? That well, no, still- that usually would happen in the first couple of weeks. Did we plant it for you or did you buy it from somebody else? Somebody else. Okay. Well, I'd, I'd call them and make them aware of the situation. Okay. Okay. And have them come check on it. If it had been a tree that you you know that you bought from us, we would have had somebody come out and look at it because you know that's the thing to okay. do is that before you lose it, have a problem. And uh, you know, and it is unusual for it to drop leaves this time of year, like as you described to me. So I would call them and have them, you know put them on notice. Have them come look at it. Okay. Right. I already texted them about it. So, uh, all right. Thank you. Have a nice weekend. Bye-bye. Uh, we're going to take a short break. While we're gone, uh, we do have a line open. The number to call is 602-277-5827-277-KTAR. Let's know when that's your door.
Anyway, a beautiful morning out there, folks. Want to take a minute and invite you out to Whitfields. You know, Whitfields, we grow trees. We started with my grandparents back in the 40s and continuing today for four generations. If you need trees, any kind, any size, come out and see us. From 15 gallons, we have beautiful citrus right now. We've got some of the nice, especially if you want a lemon tree, unbelievable lemon trees right now in 15 gallons. And if you want a giant lemon tree for your subdivision, if you want to screen out a neighbor, we've got beautiful large lemon trees in 48-inch boxes that uh, are 10 feet tall and 10 feet wide and are instant screen. But whatever your dreams are, whether it's uh, a desert tree, if you want to plant a mesquite and ironwood, Palo Verde, if you want to put in some tropicals like a mule palm, if you want, you know, at least we don't have the hurricanes here and don't have to, you know, experience that with your mule palm, but it can feel like it's in the tropics. Um, but aside from that, we have beautiful desert palms like California fans and dates and Madagascar. Gaskers and all kinds of different things. So whatever your dream is, whether you need one tree for your yard or a hundred big trees for your development, come out and see us. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale. We're in the East Valley at Cooper, which is the same as Stapley and Guadalupe, or 2647 East Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue, straight south of the Sky Harbor Airport. We've been growing trees here in the Valley since uh, well, for four generations, and uh, we're here to help grow beautiful trees and help cool our climate and just have nice places to enjoy here in the desert. Let's see, next up on the phones, looks like the lines are full, so we better get right to them. we got Mike in Awatuki. Hello, Mike. Hello. Yes, sir. Morning. Morning. I, I you know, <clears throat> I discovered a, a plant that I really like. That's Roselle. And I called to see if you have any tips on how to grow it better than I've been getting. Well, it's called Roselle, R-O-S-E-L-L-E. Yeah, or... Um, Mexicans call it uh, Jamaica. Oh, well, Jamaica is actually called um, hibiscus. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So they there's a lot of different varieties. Okay, the tricky part, Mike, is you've, they've got all different kinds. If you stick with hardy varieties, okay, and the hardiest of all is lipstick. It's bright pink. And then there's brilliant, which is a deep red. And those are probably yeah, the two hardiest. Uh, some, this, this is the one that you make the tea from. Yeah, that's the same plant. Uh, okay, so it's the same kind of thing, huh? Yeah, it's the exact same plant. But those, okay. but, th- but those two varieties are the hardiest. Now, there's a lot of other varieties. If you find the ones with the great big paper plate-sized flowers, most of those aren't very hardy, and there's different series yeah. of them. But if you want something really you know, hardy, if you want to grow a lot of blooms, if you want to make a lot of tea, the one I would recommend would be called Lipstick. And it's bright okay. pink. It grows very you know. fast. It's very vigorous. It grows in full sun. It'll do best anywhere. Probably not on a west wall getting it started might be a little tough, but it'll even take that once it's established. Okay. That sounds really great. I'll look for that. Thank you very much. Well, you'll have fun. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, Michael. Bye-bye. Uh, Beth and Surprise. Good morning, Beth. Hello, Beth. Beth, I'm going to put you on hold because I think you're listening on the radio. We'll come back to you. Tim and Chandler, good morning. Yeah, good morning. Um, As the winter lawn, uh, I see a lot of commercial guys doing their scalping, but they don't use a top dressing. Uh, What do you actually recommend to get a, a... perennial rye going well the advantage to top dressing is that um you're going to number one hold your moisture in okay and we're germinating rye grass we have to keep it really wet and so we can do that and then number two the 
big plus with that is it keeps the birds and saves more of your seed. You know, and the seed's gotten a little more expensive, so the top dressing becomes a little more reasonable in price because it's you know serving a purpose along the value of your seed. So I, I like the idea of top dressing. I understand where a lot of commercialized don't, and, and the reason why they don't do it is they don't have a very you know economical way to spread it, and they just figure they'll put on extra seed, and as they do it, uh, and they'll keep the watering correct. And, and the lawn will still come in fine. So you can do it either way. Okay. And what was the name of the, of the hardy hibiscus that's bright red? Well, the bright red one's called Brilliant. And that's brilliant. Yeah, okay. there's also one called President that's pretty hardy as well. But it's not as deep a single red as Brilliant is. Okay, good. I do appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks, I enjoy Tim. your show. Thanks for being part of it. Bye-bye. Uh, Beth and Surprise. Good morning, Beth. Good morning. I just moved to Surprise, and I've got half an acre out back. Oh, my gosh. And front, they have a lovely little pomegranate tree, and now it's almost laying on the ground. It's so full of fruit, and I have no idea what to do with it. Well, if it's a young young pomegranate, how large in diameter the fruit? How big are the fruit that's on it? Uh, probably a little bit bigger than a baseball. Not, okay, so not too big, not so quite as big as a softball. It is a big fruit, fruiting pomegranate. So if you want to preserve that fruit, what you want to do right now is you want to bag them. So you want to take a paper bag with a rubber band and go over the fruit and put a bag so it seals back on the stem with a rubber band. And that's to keep the birds and the bugs away. Okay. And then what you would probably okay. want to do is, is stake the plant up and just tie it up for now. And that way you can, you know, harvest these first pomegranates because it's going to be fun. So let's go ahead and stake it right away and and bag the fruit. And that fruit will ripen about the end of November. So don't pick them now. Well, if you pick them now, you can throw them away. But if you want to pick them and eat them, they won't be good yet. Okay, got it. Uh, yeah, they feel like really woody. They're like hard as rocks. So. Well, they are, and they're just not ripe yet, but they will ripen. And you might, if you have too many on there, you might pick a few off and just save a few. But the ones you save, okay. bag them. Put paper bag over with a rubber band, keep the birds and bugs away, and uh, stake the plant up. All right. And then once I pick the fruit in November, do I prune the tree back? Do I fertilize it? What do I do with it uh, then? Just kind of let it carry through until January when it loses its foliage. Okay. At that mm-hmm. time, prune it and shape it, and uh, mm-hmm. you can prune the longer limbs back a little on the top, lift them up, and and maybe thin them from the bottom, and uh, okay. away it'll go. Okay, it was my nice little landscaping surprise. <laughs> what is? This? I've never even eaten one. Everybody's like, "You got pomegranates," and I'm like, "I think so." It's so weird looking. <laughs> well, they are a little different, but they do very well here. Yeah. But you do have to. Protect All right, them thank you. I love your show. Thanks. Thanks. Bye, mm-hmm. Beth. Uh, let's see. Next, we have Chad at Luke Air Force Base. Uh, good morning, Mister Chad. Hey, good morning, my friend. Yes, sir. Hey, I want to. I want to keep this uh, hibiscus trend going. Okay. So I've got the bright red hibiscus. I've got two on my east side facing front yard. They're about a year old. But after we um, bed them or put fertilizer on them in the spring, they stopped blooming. Well, part of that probably has nothing to do with the fertilizer. They go through different cycles. But this is a cycle when they can bloom right now, and you haven't fertilized them since the spring? No, sir. I've done nothing to them since they stopped blooming. I was afraid that I'd added too much or something. Okay. Are they still good? Have they been growing pretty well for the summer, Chad? 
They're pretty green, and it's probably grown a foot in the last year. Okay. And what side of the house are they on? They're on the east. Well, they should they should bloom now. Um, check that you're not keeping them just too wet all the time. Okay, they should be watered probably now between once and twice a week. Are you right over there by the base? Yes. Okay, so that soil mostly drains pretty well. Um, so ideally, you'd be watering them at the most twice a week. But certainly, if you're like on a drip system, they're getting watered every day or something like that. Change it so that yeah. it's less often, and let them get dry between waterings. And it wouldn't uh-huh. be a bad idea to go ahead and feed them right now. And if you just had some basic fertilizer like Miracle Grow or Super Bloom, those are both really yeah. good because when you buy fertilizer, the second number is the phosphorus, and those are both high in phosphorus. So you like you buy like the Super Bloom is probably. Um, like 10 or 6, 35, okay? So that second number being okay. high. The phosphorus is what helps them to bloom, but also being a little on the drier side, Chad. Now, will that, will that watering schedule affect the boxwoods that are on that same line? Well, you know, for most plants now, because the days are shorter, the night times are cooler, we're cutting back water anyway. Okay. And then since we're talking about soil, um, my backyard is a Morton salt plant. Mm-hmm. Uh, should I be worried about that salt leaching, or should I approach my no, soil in any different fashion? Not really. I mean, that you know, that salt they're mining from deep underground, you know, and it's all there. But it's not going to. It's heavy enough. It's not going to blow or escape, or you know, it shouldn't be a problem right. and affect your soil at all. Gotcha. All right, my friend, you're a blessing. Thanks, Chad. Have a nice weekend. Bye bye. Uh, let's see. Next, we've got Bob and Gilbert. Good morning, Bob. I'm up. Good morning, Bob, Brian. you're up. We got one minute. <laughs> All right, quickly. I'm replacing a Bermuda grass backyard with artificial grass. What's uh-huh. the best way to kill off the Bermuda grass? Uh, let it grow for about two weeks. Spray it with glyphosate, okay. which is Roundup or any one of the other knockoff brands like Roundup. Let it die for about a week or two. Mow it short. Scalp it. Turn your sprinklers on one last time. Rent a sod cutter. Come in and sod cut You know the top inch or so of soil off and just remove that soil rhizomes and all but to kill it first let it go two weeks water it be kind to it uh let it get some height to it and then spray it and then probably gonna what about, before you cut it what again, about right? vinegar and salt that's well salt's gonna kill your ground uh vinegar is gonna make everything grow um what do you do you have other trees and shrubs and things you're gonna have in around this lawn uh, not around the artificial, but I'm taking all the grass out, and then some of it does close to trees. Yeah, so you you know you want those those trees are going to be missing that water that they were getting from the lawn, so you want to adjust your irrigation system to compensate for where the lawn was for your trees. Okay, at least you know closer to where the trees were, and um, but no, I wouldn't I wouldn't use salt for anything in my yard. It's it's toxic. We fight salt all the time here with uh, you know with our water anyway, so salt's not a good thing to do. Uh, just online research talked about that. Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, you're, you're poison, you're toxic. Hey, I'll let you go. It's time for the news. Anyways, we'll be right back after the news with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Troy is here. He's ready. 